0: All right, wall fans, common censors, podcast consumers, welcome to episode 67 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and we got a lot of great stuff for you tonight, today, tomorrow, next week, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast. So enjoy. Let's just get right into it. I'm I'm exhausted today. I, I just usually I have something anecdotal and funny at the top. I'm just tired. I'm not in a terrible mood. I'm just tired. So let's get into it with some social plugs. That's right. You can keep up with Go Tell to the Wall in a multitude of factors. Multitude. That's right. Really, all of your favorite podcast or podcast uh, social platforms. You can find us first off on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod. Give us a follow. Give us some retweets. Do whatever it is the kids do these days on the Twitter, as well as at Magic Muppet. Just follow both of them. Follow both of them. Magic Muppet is my personal own Twitter account, channel, whatever the heck they call it. And, of course, speaking of channels, you can find us on YouTube. That's right, on YouTube. Head on over to YouTube, search Go Tell It's The Wall Podcast, and you will find our channel And of course, make sure you hit that little subscribe button, come back often, check out the videos, do all of the things. That's right. We got content up there that you're not going to actually hear on the podcast, so make sure you're also checking that out. And for those of you that prefer to consume videos of the entirety of the podcast, you can also find those on the YouTube channel. So hit us up there, subscribe, like some videos, tell us how terrible they are, whatever you want to do. Have some fun with it, uh, and of course we are on Facebook still. Facebook.com/go. Tell it to the wall. We are live on Facebook tonight. Just have not gotten together to go live on YouTube just yet, but that is coming shortly. Uh, really, the part of the main motivation behind that is I'm sick of like mirror images that Facebook likes to do. They like to uh, they like to kind of own all of their content, and that's why they do that. They they say they don't, but that's what Facebook does, <laughs> and we all know kind of the muck raking that Facebook's been doing lately. So. Uh, Check us out on there, like our page, you'll get some updates, but but keep in mind that you're going to get more content through the Twitter and uh, through our YouTube channel. Uh, and most importantly, inclusive of all of those things I just mentioned would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. If you can't find all of those other avenues that I mentioned, you're going to be able to just link directly to them through SeanO'RourkeLive.com, uh, and, and it'll take you to all those things I just mentioned, as well as our Patreon Page. If you are so inclined, please support the show financially. The more patrons we get, the more stuff we can do. It's, that's kind of how it works. Uh, as well as our Indiegogo campaign that is still living right now. You can find that link on the website. It's on the YouTube. It's everywhere. Just find it. Bridget will probably throw it up on the live feed when she jumps on. Uh, so just click that link. Support us. A dollar. Two dollars. whatever it is it all helps and with your help we can put more content out there improve the things that we are currently doing as well as like I said new stuff new stuff that that's what we're constantly working toward uh, is new stuff as well as is the high quality podcasts and and videos and stuff that you normally get Uh, so help us out there that's right patreon become a patron and there's all kinds of perks up there you can get you can get you get mentions on episodes of the podcast, all the way up to like literally sitting in the studio next to me and talking on the podcast itself, or on and or on one of our you know YouTube awesome videos that go up there. Uh, so check us out all those places I just mentioned, and of course if you're not subscribed already, or if you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube, you can subscribe to the podcast itself. Really anywhere you consume podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. Uh, you know Alex Jones getting kicked off of everywhere, but we are not. Because we're putting out high quality content that's not offensive to entire entire groups of people. <laughs> you know, we're gonna talk maybe a little bit about Alex Jones. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't have a, I like I, I can't get really into it because then the F-bombs will start flying. Oh, and before I forget, beer this week. For those of you that are new to the podcast, we do have a specific beer on the podcast every week. I try to find, you know, local beers, micro brews, craft brews, all those kind of things. And this week does not disappoint. Uh, this one actually came out of my special beer subscription box that I get. And this is a tasty, tasty little brew called Hop Job Session IPA. Hop Job. That's right. I'm sure it's a play, a, a play on words uh, having to do with, with an innuendous you know, thing going on there. We won't get into that. Uh, but it's tasty. It's a session IPA, so it's not as high alcohol content as a lot of IPAs out there. For those of you not familiar with session IPAs, these, I, I talked... Let me get, I you know, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast much. I, I've talked to people about this, and there's this misconception out there that session IPAs actually are higher alcohol content. But the thing is, they're actually lower alcohol content. The reason they're called session IPAs, uh, this goes back to like surfing, snowboarding, and all those kind of things. You know, those, those crazy SOBs tend to be beer drinkers and alcohol drinkers, and this is something you can drink and still go surf, still go snowboard, still go skateboard, whatever it might be, and that's where the session Word comes in. Uh, to be a Session IPA, you got to be under 5% on the alcohol content. This one is riding that line at 4.9. 4.9. Uh, but like I said, it's the Hop Job Session IPA from Foothills Brewing. Uh, nice little microbrew craft brewery out of North Carolina. Uh, and they've been around since 2004. Tasty one. I've been enjoying them. Mm. We'll actually have another one from this specific brewery on, on a future podcast. Getting Getting through all of our awesome beers here. Uh, and like I said at the top, we are working on some new content. I, I, I've just been slammed with everything else. Jen, who is on the live feed, <laughs> can definitely speak to this. Hey, Chris, and Chris as well. Uh, it's just been madness, and, and lit- we literally have content like sitting in the hopper that needs to get posted, and I just haven't been able to have the time to do that. Uh, and then, of course, there's new stuff coming, including blogs and everything else. So just I, I know I've been kind of teasing that for a while. It's just a matter of having the time to do it uh, between making phone calls and, and dealing with a toddler and, and doing just the everyday content that goes up on all of our avenues and channels and stuff. So look forward to that. It's coming. Just finding the time for that. Uh, and I do want to mention, I want to talk a little bit about something else that we always talk about on the podcast. For those of you that have been avid listeners or, or even have just been a fan for a while, you know that we are... Uh, uh, <laughs> That's a good one, too. Uh, Kevin's pointing out that so people could drink at work. Uh, Yes, and and I can get behind that. Although most times when I've been drinking at work, I'm drinking hard alcohol. Although technically I'm drinking at work right now on this podcast and enjoying a nice session IPA. Uh, But like I was saying, you know that we're big proponents of mental health, mental illness, and mental health awareness and and defeating that stigma. And because of that, I want to talk a little bit kind of about what's been happening in my own personal life lately. It's been a bit of a struggle. Now, I can't even pinpoint this on anything specific. For those of you out there that suffer from mental illness, you, you know that this is kind of the regular thing. You can't always pinpoint what's going on. Uh, you, and, and that's what's hap- been happening to me lately. I'm not sleeping much. I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety. Obviously, part of that is, is, is having a toddler at home. Uh, but that's not the stress that causes me problems when it comes to my mental health. And In fact, I want to share this with everyone. These are the kind of things that, that happen In fact, two things, because one thing just happened right before I came in the studio. Uh, When when you deal with a mental illness like mine, or anything having to do with anxiety, depression, or especially OCD, OAD, like I suffer from, you you tend to fixate on these things. You tend to fixate on certain things that can really take over your entire day, your entire life, your entire week, month, whatever it might be. And 99% of the time, those things that you fixate on really aren't directly affecting your way of life in that moment they're they're not necessarily affecting your way of life and what's been happening to me is like I said I can't pinpoint it but there are things and one of those things as I was unable to sleep gosh maybe less than a week ago it's happened in the past week unable to sleep it's early in the morning I'm tossing and turning, just anxiety and stress taking me over, and it's, it's, it's been a bit of a rough go. I'm, I'm used to it at this point, I've been dealing with it for many years, uh, but it's still frustrating, and it still takes a lot out of you. Uh, and, and for me, the weird one, which, weird but not weird because I'm used to it, as I'm tossing and turning this past week, one of these specific early mornings, you know, I'm trying to get a little more sleep before my toddler wakes up, uh, I, I started thinking about Christmas. And then I started thinking about having to put up the Christmas tree. And it's like, oh, that'll be so much fun. I, you know, my daughter will be two at the time. She's going to really enjoy the Christmas tree. Then I started thinking about having to take down the Christmas tree. And that put me into this terrible, terrible, terrible spiral of anxiety and sadness. Keep in mind, wall fans, common censors, it's August. It's August. This was keeping me up the other night. The fact that I'm going to have to put up a Christmas tree and take it down... Uh, and I don't want to deal with the sadness of taking down a Christmas tree personally, myself, uh, as well as having to deal with it with a toddler. And we are what three months away, four months away from taking the damn thing down. Quarter of the year, quarter of the year. It's August. But those are the kind of things that when you have mental illness, you have problems with anxiety or depression, or 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 you're obsessing on things, which which tends to be my biggest problem. Especially with the OCD and the OAD. That's obsessive anxiety disorder. Those obsessions cause anxiety for me. And it's completely irrational. And I know that. But in the moment, it's hard to understand how irrational it really is. How tough it really is. You know, how, how, how silly it is that I'm stressing about that. And that kept me up. That kept me up. Missed out on a bunch of sleep because of that. You know? And, and it's hard. These, these thoughts just come straight into your head. In fact, before I came into the studio tonight, I often do this. I, I go outside. Have my e-cigarette, you know. I used to be a smoker until I, I quit because it smells and it's terrible for you. And the e-cigarettes still terrible for you, but it's my crutch. And I go out there and I, I kind of center myself and focus. It takes a few minutes, and suddenly I start thinking about my grandmother who passed away about a year ago. And then I started thinking about my uncle who passed away almost five years ago, and it started putting me in this really, really bad place right before I came into the studio. Now, luckily, it didn't become debilitating, and I was able to, to kind of power through it. But these are the kind of things. This just came out of nowhere, out of nowhere and obviously everyone has you know everyone has that to an extent i understand that that everyone has that a little bit to an extent but it's when you fixate on it when it controls your entire day your entire sleep pattern whatever it might be that's when it becomes debilitating and those are the kind of things that when you deal with mental health problems mental illness those are the kind of things that you deal with and i feel i i feel the need to share that with everyone simply because like i said we're huge proponents of Defeating that stigma around mental illness and mental health awareness. And we've hit a point. You know, if I could tell 20-year-old Sean it's 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 going to get better with society and people are going to have more understanding of it, uh, he'd be just fantastically happy about it. Fantastically happy, apparently. That's a new go-tell-us-the-wall term that we're going <laughs> to maybe start, I don't know, maybe start using that or something. Who knows? Uh, anyway, I want to share that with everyone. That's kind of what's been going on in my life right now. That's why things are moving a little slowly. I'm lacking sleep. It's been a lot of stress going on lately, and it's just a matter of, of powering through and getting through it a- and kind of looking looking at the brighter things, <laughs> you know, uh, especially compared to, like, being depressed about a Christmas tree. Like, it's August. Not a lot of people out there thinking about a Christmas tree in August, but I am, unfortunately. Ah. All right, let's get into some social trends. Oh, yeah, some social trends. Uh, One thing floating around currently right now on the Twitter and all the other social platforms would be hashtag share your rejection. That's right. Hashtag share your rejection. Uh, So those are people that are sharing, uh, you know, stories of their rejection. And most of them, if you go and you search that hashtag, it's, it's stories of rejection, but then persisting and getting past that rejection to moving on to something bigger and better, uh, looking back at it and saying, you know, kind of a ha-ha, I told you so, whatever it might be. There's a lot of that going on. Uh, but I bring this up, you know, search it, because it's very uplifting. Uh, especially, there's a lot of authors on there, you know, talking about their books being rejected and everything else. And and trust me, I'm very familiar with this. <laughs> I am very, very familiar with this to an extent. I've been very lucky throughout my life and hadn't had had not haven't had to deal with a lot of rejection. Uh, but... At this point in my life, I feel like I'm dealing with rejection almost on a daily, daily basis. Now, daily, no, not, not really daily, but to an extent. And that got me thinking, because everyone deals with, with rejection. And there's always that saying, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And based on that, I just need to remind everyone, regardless of what kind of rejection you get, you follow your passion. One of the big hashtags for Go Tell to Wall podcast is have passion. Hashtag have passion. Follow your passion. And there was this terrible, a lot of people say terrible, I don't say terrible, terrible Disney movie, uh, probably about 10, 12 years ago or so, many years ago, called Meet the Robinsons. But they had this saying in that movie, always moving forward. And that's the thing. Make sure you're always moving forward. As tough as it is for myself to remember that, I try to remind myself always moving forward. And that's what I try to do. And for all of you out there that are dealing with rejection or have dealt with lots of rejection in the past, that is the way to move forward. Just make sure you're constantly moving toward that goal. Everyone's going to have rejection. Everyone is. It's, it's, nobody's perfect. Nobody. And so you're going to have rejection, but just keep pushing through. Keep persisting. Always moving forward. Uh, another one I found on here, uh, hashtag transgenderprivilege. That's right. You heard that correctly. Hashtag transgender privilege. This is something that's going on floating around the social platforms right now. When I first found this, I was a little bit like, wait, what? And I had to do a little bit of digging. Because I was like, is this somebody that brought this up? And they're actually saying that transgender people have a certain privilege? Well, of course, no. This was created ironically. And so people are sharing posts ironically. Now, of course, there have been some people that genuinely believe transgender people in the world have a certain privilege, and they are sharing those tweets, but for the most part, we're getting ironic tweets, Uh, and I want to share one of these with you just because it got me thinking, and and I always like to think of the challenges that people deal with, especially compared to me. You know, as much as I talk about mental health and mental illness and everything else, the challenges I have faced throughout my life really are nothing compared to many other people out there. They're just, it's nothing. Nothing. It's simple as that. And I do try to remind myself of that. But I do want to share this one with you. Uh, hashtag transgender privilege is never being fully content with your body gender, being constantly misgendered and deadnamed, can't even use the damn bathroom, and half of your family are alt-right ass hats. Again, hashtag transgender privilege. This is something that people have to deal with on a daily basis. Now, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to deal with that on a daily basis. I am a white male. I have to deal with a lot of things, but there are many things such as that that I don't have to deal with on a daily basis. And I think we need to keep that in mind, that there are many people out there going through things much, much more difficult than what you're going through, really, all the time. All the time. I joke with my daughter when she throws an entire plate of food on the ground. I'm like, there is a child somewhere that would love to have that food that you just threw on the ground. Now, she's a toddler and a... You know, I say it in a joking way because I, she doesn't know any better. She's just being a toddler, but it's true. It's 100% true. So keep that in mind. Search that hashtag if you're so inclined. You'll get some stories, uh, You, but keep in mind you're also going to get the feels. You're going to get some feelings out of that one. Uh, I hope so. If you don't get some feelings out of that one, you need to get your feelings checked. I, I don't know what you do as, as far as that goes, but get your feelings checked. Uh, weirdly, I don't think we're getting a full count on the, the video here. People are hiding. They're, they're watching this on our live feed, interestingly. Uh, Another hashtag going around (laughs) right now, and this one's just all fun, all fun, Uh, and that would be National Tell-A-Joke Day. That's right. Apparently, today is hashtag National Tell-A-Joke Day. I'm not even going to go through any of those because you know what it is. It's just a bunch of jokes, and they're funny, and this is great. If you need a little pick-me-up, whatever it might be. Check that out. Hashtag National Tell a Joke Day. You're going to get some funny jokes. And a lot of them are cheesy. I think people ran with the cheesiness on that. And in respect to the cheesiness that is hashtag National Tell a Joke Day. I've got a little joke for you, wall fans, common censors, podcast consumers. And that joke would be, uh, what do you do with a dog that has no legs? Anyone on the live feed, what do you do with a dog that has no legs? You take it. For a drag. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, That's one of my very special dad jokes. Very cheesy. I have many other jokes, but uh, I felt that one was one to throw out there. I made my wife laugh the other day. Somehow I've been with my wife for five years and I hadn't told her that terrible joke. That I'm almost certain I found off a popsicle stick when I was a teenager what popsicles was there was popsicles that had like jokes on it and the joke would be on the bottom of the stick i can't think of what it is and then you eat the popsicle and there's the answer to the joke clever clever way they did that Uh, and i believe that's that's honestly i think that's where i got it and i've just had that cheesy joke for many 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 years now Uh, moving along hashtag video game lessons learned now if you listen to the podcast i am not a gamer i play clash of clans on, you know, mobile games, I play it on my tablet, and then I play a little bit of NES Classic, playing some Zelda, maybe a little Mario, that's the extent of my gaming, I did play a little bit in college, I played a little Super Smash Brothers back when it was on, like, the Nintendo 64, back in college, uh, but outside of that, I have not played much video games, so many of these went over my head, uh, hashtag video game lessons learned, uh, and there's some like, let me just give this one to you, Uh, Don't be in a rush to complete the main story. Sometimes the most fun is in the side quests. Hashtag video game lessons learned. I don't really understand what that means, but it's probably some good advice if you're a gamer. However, this is the one that hit me, uh, and this would be hashtag video game lessons learned. If you're the younger sibling, you're automatically player two. This one actually did remind me of a funny story from my childhood teenage years. I'm sure it had to be teenage years, early teenage years. Uh, I was actually up in the Bay Area visiting my aunt and uncle, uh, and my cousins. This is you know, and my cousins were still living at home, obviously, because we're about the same age. And I was in my early teenage years. They had a Sega Genesis. And as much as I didn't play a lot of video games, I you know I play I played Nintendo back in the eighties. You know, I played a little bit of Sega here and there, and they had the game Sonic the Hedgehog. So my cousins had this Sega game system with Sonic the Hedgehog. It was old old cartridges that you put in there, you know, and. uh so we're playing it. My cousin, my cousin Annie and I are playing it. Uh, and my sister, who's five years younger than me, is also visiting, obviously. It was my parents and my sister and I were visiting the Bay Area. She really wanted to play Sonic the Hedgehog, really wanted to play. So what we did was I'm sitting there playing, and my cousin Annie's sitting there, and she's, you know, we're talking and joking around, and she's watching. And my sister, who's five years younger than me, like I said, really, really, really wanted to play. So what I did was I handed her one of the controllers. It was plugged in and everything. But here's the thing. I was playing a one-player game, one-player game, and she was so young at the time that she thought she was playing. So she sat there mashing buttons and laughing, and everything else. When in reality, I was the one holding. When I was the one holding the actual controller uh, and playing the game, but she had no idea, had no idea. Uh, so those of you out there that have maybe have kids or something, don't play a bunch of violent video games around your kids. Uh, But if you have kids or something, that's the way to get around it, you know, is is hand them a controller. And they're not going to know any better. Now, they are going to hit an age where they are going to know better, obviously. uh, But I think I was right at the cusp of that. And that kind of made me laugh because I had thought thought about that as I was looking through all these hashtags. Uh, One more thing I wanted to include in the social platform section. Alex Jones. That's right. Alex Jones has been suspended from Twitter. Not kicked off. Suspended. For seven days from Twitter, he can't post on Twitter for seven days. This happened a couple days ago. He'll probably be posting on there again in a couple days. But again, Twitter slacking on this one, letting him stay on the platform when he's clearly violated many, many, many of their terms and conditions. And he's going to be back and watch. I'm sure he'll get another suspension pretty quick because people are going to be up in arms about it, as they should, because it only makes sense. We don't need that kind of hatred and that bigotry and those blatant lies I mean, the dude lies worse than The Orange Menace. It's just it, like you you can call him out on everything. That's what he does. He lies. Absolutely. Ugh. See how long that lasts. All right. TV, film, and books. We got some TV news this week. Yeah. And some film news. Yeah. Uh, first off, I do want to point this out. Make sure I'm conveying this to all of you out there. America's Got Talent, it's a little show on NBC, airing right now. In fact, they aired a results show last night from the live show they did this past Tuesday. I bring this up not because I'm a huge America's Got Talent fan, but as I've mentioned previously on the podcast, we have some very, very, very close friends who are currently competing on the show with a little choir called Angel City Corral. That's right, Angel City Corral, and they were officially saved last night. They made it on to the semifinals, and therefore next week they're going to be performing on Tuesday, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, that might be—that's probably 7 p.m. Central. It's got to be 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. They're going to be performing live. If you're on the West Coast, you're seeing obviously a a, a, li- a previously recorded live performance. But I bring this up because I need everyone out there that's listening to this that has can you know communicated with the podcast any remotely a fan in any way possible to make sure. You watch on Tuesday and then cast your vote. It's very simple. You just go on a little website and you can do like 10 votes for that specific performer. And make sure you vote, vote, vote as many times as possible. Get your friends to do it. Get your kids to do it. Get whoever it is you, you can to do it. Vote for Angel City Corral so that we can help them move on from the semifinals in America's Got Talent. And we're going to continue following them, of course. Uh, And and it's just, it's been a joy to see many of my friends, uh, many, a few of my friends up there performing in this gigantic choir and doing a fantastic job on NBC. Uh, Again, next Tuesday will be the actual live show, and that's when you'll have the opportunity to vote for Angel City Chorale. That's right, Angel City Chorale. All right, moving on, James Gunn still in the news right now. Disney has come out and officially officially, like, they officially fired him. I don't know why this has to be a thing, but officially, like, they're they're like, no, no, we're not going to bring him back because there were stories coming out. Oh, maybe James Gunn's going to be back. Maybe they're bringing him back for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. No, 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 they are not. Uh, they have officially, 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 officially said that he will not be back for Guardians 2, uh, and this was really no surprise whatsoever. And, in fact, there were some stories. So, so uh, the, the head of Marvel, uh, Kevin Feige, I, I might be pronouncing his last name incorrectly, Kevin Feige, uh, is the head of Marvel, the head of the studio. There's actually reports about a week ago or so that, the, that Marvel was meeting with Disney to discuss the James Gunn situation. Well, and he came out today and said, today or yesterday, and said, uh, well, I'm in full support of Disney on this, and we're on the same page and everything else, and this is after those stories of, of Marvel meeting with Disney. And I can tell you exactly how that meeting went. Kevin walked into the boardroom with the heads of Disney... And Disney said, we are firing, we're we're sticking to our guns and James Gunn is fired, sticking to Jesus. James Gunn is going to remain fired and will not be coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I think I was saying Part 2. Volume 3, I just like to forget that second one, that that two and a half hour long baby Groot toy commercial. Uh, Volume 3 will not be coming back. And of course, Kevin Feige just said, okay, because Disney owns Marvel. Disney owns Marvel, and that's why I had to come out and say, well, no, the people that own the studio that I'm the head of said that he's not going to be back, so therefore I completely agree because I like my job. It's just ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. Uh, A little more TV news. My absolute favorite show on television should be yours as well, Mr. Robot. Uh, It's not back yet. Season 4 is going to be coming back at some point here. They start shooting Season 4 in November of this year. So look forward to eventually seeing new episodes of Mr. Robot. But I bring this up because Christian Slater was doing an interview recently and said that he believes Season 4 will be the last season of Mr. Robot. Apparently the plan, somewhat plan all along, has been uh, to, to not kind of over overdo their content you know jump the shark for lack of a better phrase uh and and we could be seeing the end with season four which is pretty sad but i am glad to see a show uh, such a fantastic fantastic show uh that on another note really deals with mental illness in 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 a great way and in a great way being that it's it, it, it's for, it's accurate it's it's as accurate as any other show out there when it comes to mental illness Uh, But just the content, the acting, everything else is fantastic about it. Like I said, it's my favorite show on television. Uh, But we could be coming up on our last season of Mr. Robot, which, again, not a huge surprise. Just wanted to talk about it because it's the greatest show out there and uh, shooting in November. So I'm sure we'll start getting episodes uh, probably in the winter. If I had to make a guess, I don't know what their shooting schedule is like, but probably in the winter. Uh, So look forward to that. That's right. Look forward to that. All right. We got a little sports. Oh, boy. The Orange Menace. In fact, this was this was like this was happening while we were sitting in the studio last Thursday. There was a bunch of preseason games happening, and of course, players on certain teams, a few of them knelt, a few of them, uh, w- at least one of them, maybe more, stood with a fist in the air, and many players went back to the locker room in order to not even be on the field for the anthem itself, uh, because they were, of course, continuing the social and racial injustice protests that we've been dealing with. Uh, Really for a couple years now. And of course the Orange Menace, because he's got nothing better to do. Nothing better to do right away, like clockwork comes out and starts bashing the NFL and the NFL players and and, and obviously speaking falsehoods. They don't they don't respect our country and all no, no, no. Do, do you not listen? Do you not I mean, like we know you don't listen, but do you really like get it through your thick skull. In fact, we have that viral video that's going around. Uh, and I would encourage you to check out Hassan Piker's uh, rebuke of it where he, I don't want to say fact checks, but really calls a guy out on a bunch of stuff because, dude, dude, and it's just ridiculous, and these rants go viral, you know, and the dude's just an idiot, and he's sitting in his car, these conservative car rants that they're starting to be called now. Like, yeah, watching a little too much of that Tammy, too much Tammy going on in his 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 house there. Uh, and, of course, I've said it before. It's not a boycott. I'm not boycotting the NFL. I just have zero interest in it anymore. I have zero interest in it. The owners, who really make the most money, that's the thing with that viral video. They're like, these players are millionaires, and what do they do in the (laughs) offseason? They donate a bunch of money, and they open schools in their hometowns. What does your Orange Menace president do? Nothing. Nothing. Gets his criminal friends off. That's what he does. Colludes with foreign powers. That's what he does. So give me a break on that stuff. But the thing that people don't realize is, yeah, the players, many players make a lot of money doing that. Putting their lives on the line. You know who makes a hell of a lot more money than them? Those players, most of them are millionaires. The owners are multi-billionaires. Making money on the backs of these athletes who put their lives on the line, their bodies on the line, every, every week. And they can't even get re- respect from their owners. They can't. The owners of those teams. They can't. These owners who get taxpayers to pay for stadiums for them. And that's why I'm just completely done with the NFL, at least this season. We'll see if some changes happen, but I won't be watching the NFL this season. I'm not calling for a boycott. Do what you want. I don't care. Personally, I'm done with it. I, I'm, I'm done with all of it. Until that Orange Menace gets his hand out of the, the candy jar there, or until the owners start doing something and speaking out about this, I'm done. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to talk about this little NFL story uh, having to do with a specific player in the NFL just because I found this interesting. I found this very interesting. Rob Gronkowski, and I've known this for a while, but it's, it's kind of coming to light again because it just continues to grow. Rob Gronkowski, who's an all-pro tight end, uh, plays for the New England Patriots. Nice, He's got a nice Polish name there, so, you know, got to respect him. Uh, some news has come out, and we've known this for a while because he kind of says it. So Rob Gronkowski actually doesn't spend his NFL salary and, in fact, has been in the in the league for quite a few years now and has yet to spend a dime of his NFL salary. A dime. Spent has spent none of it. That's the thing. Is yes, you need money to live. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta mortgage. You gotta eat. You gotta have a car or whatever else it might be. And what he does is he t- he pretty much lives off of like his endorsement money. So because he hasn't touched his actual salary money from the NFL, uh, he is sitting on forty four point five million dollars in salary just sitting there collecting interest. And I bring this up because this is the way to go. This is the way to go. This is a great example of an athlete knowing that his time in the league is probably very, very, very short, and being smart with his money. And I'm sure he—I mean—he has investments and everything. He gets a lot of endorsement money and all. He has products that are sold through a website and everything else. So it's not—it's not, you know know—he's—he's he's got plenty of money, but that is a smart thing to do instead of going out and buying 18 cars, bunch of jewelry that you probably don't necessarily need. He leads a simple life, and he saves his money. And that's incredibly smart. So good on you, Rob Gronkowski, for doing that. Uh, and, and you'll probably be set for the rest of your life, honestly. And, it's, and I mean, football players, they, they have a short career. They do. It's tough on the body, man. I played football as a freshman in high school. Pretty sure I got a concussion at one point. Uh, and it wasn't for me. I was way too delicate. Oh, my God, way too delicate. I was also... Like six two, six three, and 150 pounds. I mean, it was a string bean back then. Maybe if I'd been the size that I am now back when I was a teenager. the I don't know, maybe. Maybe I wouldn't have been as delicate. But man, too much. That's rough. Rough on the body. Uh, all right, let's get into a little parenting. Oh boy, parenting. That's right. This is our new section that we have been including in the podcast. The parenting section. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, toddlers. Toddlers. And really just a little bit of what I'm dealing with lately. My daughter's 21 months old. Uh, She'll be two years old in November. I'm just a few months away from it. And we're beginning to get to what is fondly known as the terrible twos. That's right, the terrible twos. You've all heard that. Now we have this new term, three-nager, when they're three. Terrible twos. And I see it coming out like crazy in my toddler. I really really do Uh, we've had a few breakdowns this week just over nothing just kicking and screaming over nothing Uh, and I find it interesting my wife has been reading a book about toddlers and rearing toddlers and raising toddlers and everything else and this made complete sense when she had brought this up to me the other day is we're at this point with my toddler and and really anyone that has kids is going to deal with this at some point where there's this language barrier now she wasn't talking when she was a newborn, and then stopped talking. No, no, no. What happens is she's understanding more and more, but she's unable to vocalize what she wants to say. So then that manifests as frustration, and that's what leads to a lot of these tantrums. You know, you're you're going to a grocery store, and you see someone with a kid, toddler, and the toddler just starts losing his mind, fussing over whatever it might be. You know, like like for my daughter. Oh man. I tried to put her in her, her her high chair today to have lunch. She was just she didn't want to eat lunch. As soon as I started bringing her toward the high chair, she lost it. Lost it. Cuz she can't say to me, "Well, father, I would rather not eat lunch right now." No, no. All she knows is I can't really vocalize, so I'm going to fuss about it. I'm going to make a stink. Make a scene. Make a scene. Not really a scene because this was happening in my house. <laughs> so there's no no scene happening per se, but That's what's going on, and I found that very interesting because when my wife said that to me like a week ago, I was like, oh, my God, that makes absolute sense. It's absolutely what my daughter's going through right now. Uh, So keep that in mind. Whenever you're dealing with kids, whenever you're, you know, you have friends with kids or just random kids out in public, that's a lot of times that's what they're going through. You know, they can't communicate. They can't. Uh, Another thing that happened to me this week as far as parenting actually happened just yesterday. took my daughter to the local park here in Highland Park. Which, uh, which we do often. We haven't been able to do lately because we've had this heat wave going on in Los Angeles, so we haven't been able to do it as much. Finally, it's cooling down a little to the point where we can walk to the park and she can go play around and not, not burn her ass on a slide, you know. And what happened yesterday, we're in the park and there's a few kids running around. There's a bunch of parents sitting, hanging out. And there's this little like tree thing that my daughter likes to go hide in and, and she'll look out and stare at me or wave to kids or whatever it might be and she thinks it's hilarious she starts laughing she's standing in there there's another little boy about her age goes walking in the tree and and I I tend to watch you know my daughter's at the point where she does need to be watched you know while running around I let her run around but I'm I'm keeping an eye you know tend to be you know five ten feet away at the most so I can grab her if something happens you know and sure enough something did happen this this younger boy about her age comes walking into the tree and he looks at her and he's holding the stick and I'm looking and he takes a stick and he starts to try to poke my daughter in the face. And almost does. And then my daughter looks straight at me, didn't even say anything, didn't really know what to do because this is new experiences for her. And so he looks back at me. And I just gave him a look. And he knew he was doing wrong. He knew he was wrong. Shouldn't be poking other kids with sticks. That's not nice. Not a nice thing to do. So what he does is he turns around, he turns fully around after he's kind of craned his neck to look at me and he tries to hand me the stick and I said, you know what, you keep the stick, buddy. But keep in mind, you shouldn't be poking people with that stick. It's not very nice. And so sure enough, the kid walks off. And I, you know, I go, with my daughter, she's fine. She's, you know, just confused by the situation. And of course I look over and the kid's mother is just sitting there in this group of adults talking, jabbering on, not paying attention to the fact that her kid's running around with a stick and poking other kids with it. So this was actually officially my first instance of having to, I don't want to say yell at a kid, but scold another child uh, for messing with my daughter. And it went much better than I expected, uh, because I'll tell you, if he had hit my daughter with a stick, I'm not saying I would hit a child, but instead of just a stare that made the kid go, oh no, I know I'm doing wrong, there would have been yelling and there would have been some talking to with his mother who was sitting off to the side talking to all her hipster friends and not paying attention to the fact that her toddler is trying to poke my toddler in the face with a stick. Hashtag dad face. Love it, Bridget. Hashtag dad face. That's what it was. Bridget, I already know you got that stare now. Like, Bridget, she got that stare. In fact, I still, I'm still, i still sorting, uh, sorting through pictures from the Star Spangled episode. Still sorting through, and there's one... Bridget's given that, given that look to, I and mean, it's not hashtag dad face, I guess hashtag mad face or mom face. It's I probably just hashtag Bridget face, which I also know because most of the time I, don't, I can't actually see her when this is happening. I'm pretty sure I'm getting some of those looks myself, but there is a picture that's going to be posted as soon as I can finish sorting through all these. So look forward to that, Bridget. It's a good photo. And I don't even think other people would know, Like, but I looked at them like, ooh, she's giving a look to somebody off camera, somebody doing something. So, look forward to that, Wall fans, common sensors. We got a ton- that's That's more of the content that's coming out. Still cutting videos and every- Oh, my gosh. I just I can't get through it all. It's just too much. Oh, man. Let's get into some tech. Some tech. Oh, some tech. I'm actually on time this week. I don't know what's happening. You know what? It's not a lot of rambling going on here. Not a lot of rambling going on. Uh Man. And the, the live feed is kind of quiet this week. Which is okay, because we're moving it over to YouTube soon. I just got to f- get through all that stuff. See, an F-bomb almost came down. There's going to be one at the end of the episode. I already know it, but it's warranted. And that's going to be the one for this episode. Uh, it's a little tech. Ooh, we got some, what do you know? Some news from Facebook. Oh my gosh, Facebook getting themselves in trouble again. What a surprise, I know. It's what a su- At this point, it's just like, I almost go on every week. I'm like, what did Facebook do this week? Yeah, uh, and actually, they're doing a good thing. The reason I say they're always getting into something is they're doing a good thing now, but they should have been doing this good thing a few years ago. Apparently, Facebook, on Facebook, for years now, and this is happening in the entirety of our country, there's an opioid crisis in our country. And for years now, it's been a big thing on Facebook, where people are peddling opioids on Facebook. And not just opioids, fentanyl. Fentanyl. Go ahead and Google who's died recently from a fentanyl overdose. Yeah, I'm not saying it's just fentanyl; There's all kinds of opioids. But people are searching fentanyl, and so what Facebook's done now is they've actually disabled searches on that. So if you go onto Facebook right now and you search fentanyl or uh, oxy- oxycodone or you know one of those, I'm not up on all these drugs these days. When I was a kid, we had you had weed, cocaine, and and uh, I mean it, <laughs> that was. Nobody's doing crystal... Oh, heroin. Uh, and nobody's doing heroin either. Like, But now it's like, we have all of these opioids and they have weird names and sound like they're from pharmaceutical companies because they are from pharmaceutical companies. It's amazing. Yeah, not to mess with any of that stuff either. I've been through that rigmarole. Oh, trust me, I've been through that rigmarole. Not opioids, but I've been through that rigmarole as, as far as medication and pharmaceutical companies go. Uh, that is just a byproduct of having a, a somewhat debilitating mental illness. That's <laughs> just... That's part of it. So what they've done is they have removed those searches so that if you go on Facebook and you search for oxy- oxycodone, fentanyl, whatever it is, uh, it won't yield you any search results. And in fact, it will pop up a link that's uh, it, it's essentially like a do you need help link. I don't know the exact verbiage on it. Uh, or it's can we help? And it's talking about if you struggle with opioid misuse, that you can click that link and get help directly there. Uh, now, like I said, this has apparently been happening for years on Facebook, and they are just now getting around to curbing this. And, of course, what's happening is now the dealers that are on Facebook are finding ways to circumvent it, and they are simply creating names, creating actual names that have those opioid names like within their name. Uh, so, you know, it'll be like John Fentanyl Smith. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I wonder what that guy does. I mean, I shouldn't laugh. We are in a serious opioid crisis, and, and, and it's a problem. It's a constant problem. Uh, I, I really hope that that with the legalization of recreational medical marijuana across the country uh, in many, many states now that that's going to curb some of it because there, there are stories out there of people uh, that have been on opioids, especially former professional athletes and the like, uh, that have been on opioids and then are able to get access to medical marijuana And and there's stories out there where they have had much more success as far as pain management, uh, on medical marijuana and, and much. I'm not going to go into studies and everything. I I don't care what you say and all this other stuff. Uh, medical marijuana, much, much, much better for you than opioids regard. I like, I don't, there's no argument there. You can say, well, medical marijuana is not good for you. Fine. Is it better than opioids? Yes. No question about that. It's, it's literally not even an, a, a chemically addictive substance like all opioids are. So keep that in mind. Uh, and honestly, if you need opioids, <laughs> go somewhere other than Facebook for God's sake. Uh, and it's especially scary right now because there are like knockoffs of opioids out there. So people are cutting oxycodone with fentanyl. So you could be getting oxycodone from a dealer and it has fentanyl in it and it could literally kill you. This is actually what happened to Demi Lovato. She had bought some oxycodone from her dealer that was laced with fentanyl, and that's what made her overdose, from from what we're hearing. I, I don't know. Nobody quote me on that and say it's fact. That's what we're hearing, uh, and, and it is definitely happening within the drug marketplace right now, so keep that in mind. And don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Drugs are bad for you. Don't do drugs. When you get to 21, have a beer. Mm-hmm. Or some recreational marijuana, for God's sake. Like, any of those. It's totally legal now here in California. Thank God for California. God bless California. Never leaving this state ever. Ever. Just not going to do it. Uh, Moving along. Oh, Elon. Oh, Elon. This, I mean, like, is he going to... It's fortunate That the Orange Menace, not fortunate. It's fortunate for Elon Musk that the Orange Menace sits in the White House right now. Because otherwise, we could basically call Elon Musk the biggest douchebag on the face of the earth right now. However, it's hard to take that crown from the Orange Menace. It just, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to just walk around shooting people in the head. And maybe you can take the crown of biggest douchebag on earth from the Orange Menace. Uh, But, and Elon's like right behind him. And in Elon Musk fashion, like he does... He finds a problem that's already kind of been solved and is already being worked on and comes comes in and says, no, 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 I will fix this problem that you are already fixing. Much like he said with the Flint water problems when he was just going to change out their pipes with the same pipes that they've been changing out. Not really fixing the problem uh, with the the, uh, the the soccer team in the Thai cave when it's like, oh, we have this solution. No, no, use my solution. God be. like, controlling social media. We talked about this last week. Don't change your name to Elon Musk. You're going to get kicked off Twitter. Well, the Boring Company, which is, yeah, that's the company Elon Musk owns. They have proposed a Hyperloop to Dodger Stadium. That's right. Remember, we had this whole thing about the gondola to Dodger Stadium. We talked about it a couple months ago. My good friend Kevin, who might still be on the live feed, had actually sent that one over to me, interestingly, and then we included it on the show. So, yes. Something we already have a solution for. Elon Musk is going to have a better solution. Now, the funny thing about this is, I'm actually, if it wasn't Elon Musk, I'd be like, "Cool, do your thing," uh, because the Hyperloop is actually underground. I'm not a big fan of riding across wires on a gondola. I got a fear of falling. Don't like it. However, Elon Musk, just, just like, just go back to shooting cars. like, go, go shoot cars into space. At least that's really all you're good for at this point. I don't want to hear from you. Nobody does. We have solutions for things. Don't try to act all cool, puff out your chest he, like he he's like the ultimate hold my beer. I'm like, "Oh, you got that figured out? Hold my beer. Let me figure it out better." Okay, but you're not like really? No, you just you're not even figuring it out better. You just want to ha- you just want to put your name on something. He just wants you just wants to put his name on something. Like I said, keep shooting cars into space. Get over yourself. Shoot cars into space. Uh, we got some news out of Los Angeles. That's right. Uh, In the next few months, Los Angeles, well, they are—they're going to become the first city to use body scanners in rail transit systems. Body scanners; these are similar to uh, like the airport scanners that you walk through and you gotta, you know, do all the things. Except these are just going to catch people as they're walking by. And in fact, they're able to do a full body scan. These are going to start rolling out to all of the rail stations so this would be uh, in Los Angeles we have a very very small subway technically but the rest of it is all above ground Uh, part of it does go below ground uh, as you as you get into Hollywood but for the most part our our uh, transit system is above ground or even slightly raised in a lot of areas uh, like kind of going through Chinatown and stuff and so what they're doing is they're putting in these cameras they're going to be in all of the the rail stations all of the metro stations and they're actually able to do a full body scan from 30 feet away 30 feet. It's kind of crazy. Technology's crazy. 30 feet away they can do a full body scan. And apparently this technology is capable of scanning 2,000 passengers per hour. 2,000 passengers per hour. Uh, Now, I don't really know how I personally feel about this. I'm just talking about it because it's interesting. Uh, Part of me is like, oh my god, what an invasion of privacy. And part of me is like, it's kind of the world we live in now. We have to do this. We have to have these kind of security measures. And unfortunately, that's the point we're at. Uh, So, am I going to sit here and say it's a great thing? No. Am I going to sit here and say that it probably is needed? Yeah, at least a little bit. At least a little bit. Oh, man. This one's. I've been dreading, dreading talking about this one. Uh, But it has to be talked about. In fact, earlier when I was working on some show prep, I I had to go walk outside. I even said to my wife, I was like, I'm going outside for a few. I I was kind of looking through this and the details and everything else. And I had to just go outside. Just had to. What's happening? And if you follow me personally on Facebook, I actually shared this to Facebook uh, less than a week ago. So we had some rednecks in Oklahoma. Getting ridiculous over the past week or so. What happened was there's a school district in southern Oklahoma, which I went to find out today uh that they are about ninety minutes north of Dallas. So I, I'm I'm terrible with geography, uh but it's the part of Oklahoma that's not far from Dallas. And and you know, we know we I've known part of Oklahoma is not far from Dallas. That's the whole Red River rivalry thing where the Oklahoma fans are like, It's in Texas and then Texas fans are like, But it's technically closer to you Yes, whatever. Uh compared to University of Texas. Not that any of that's important. Uh, but apparently a parent in this school district had shared a post on one of these apparently private groups, but of course it didn't stay private. And I want to give you this exact quote that started this off, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. So this was Jamie Crenshaw, who was just winner of a human being, we already know that. is a quote from Jamie Crenshaw that she posted on Facebook in this private group and this is and I quote heads up parents of 5th through 7th grade the trans the transgender is already using the girls bathroom we have been told how the school has gone above and beyond to make sure he has his own restroom yet he is still using the girls really looks like it's going to be a long year end quote That doesn't seem terrible. It's offensive, but it's not terrible. The real terribleness came out with the comments on it, where people were literally threatening a 7th grade transgender student, threatening with violence, saying that she should be beat up, and that would take care of it. Also saying, and this is an exact quote, but this this came from one of the comments on it, that a sharp knife would take care of that situation, meaning that she should mutilate herself in order to solve the problem of being transgender. It went on and on. Disgustingly on and on. These are parents, parents of children, talking about a 7th grader and threatening violence on a 7th grader. This is the world we live in. Unfortunately, this is the world we live in. And this is why I'll never leave California. You rednecks can stay in Oklahoma. And any of you transgender or confused kids, whatever it might be, find someone to talk to. Find someone. You know, if you're not sure about your sexuality, if you're not sure, you know, your place in the world, whatever it is, find someone that's not a parent. There are organizations out there that can help you, most likely not organizations in Oklahoma unfortunately. But there are organizations out there that can help you. And you know what I have to say to those parents? You should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. You should be fucking ashamed because it's disgusting. I don't care how you feel about transgender people, homosexuals, same-sex couples, whatever it might be. You should be ashamed of yourselves. There's probably a reason that you live in Oklahoma, in this small town, because you don't realize you should be ashamed of yourselves, but it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And yet another reason to never go to Oklahoma. Just stay out of Oklahoma. Armpit of a state. God. Stay out of the South. Like the real South. You can go to te- like go to Texas. You know, stay out of the South. Alabama, Oklahoma, and all this stuff. Here comes the hate mail. I'll look for it. Uh, for those of you out there listening, uh, com. that's where you can send me the hate mail, and I can laugh at your bigotedness and your closed-mindedness. But SeanArworkLive.com. You can access me directly there. That's where I get the hate mail because people don't like to put names and faces to it. So they just set up fake emails and they send me. And they're like, You're unpatriotic. You love gay people. Well, yeah, I do love gay people. I have very close friends that are gay and I love them. Is there something wrong with that? They're my friends. I, I don't care. I don't care who they have sex with. I just want them to be happy. So bring on the hate mail, especially from the South probably Russians saying they're from Oklahoma. It's it's coming. Uh. Oh, so here's the thing. Oh man, just close the page on it. Uh, so let's move on to this. <laughs> Apparently there's some controversy in Paris right now. Paris, France. That's right. A little while ago, they actually put out these public urinals out on the streets of Paris. Now, from the pictures I could see, it doesn't look like the streets like right out in front of a restaurant, you know, like you're walking out of a restaurant with toothpick in your mouth, they just had a nice nice meal and you Oh hey, uh, you know, but very much near the streets, these public urinals with pipe system that go, you know, takes takes the urine out of there. And there's a big uproar because here's the thing, and I and I, under, I understand. There's big signs that have like a peeing person, and th- these are really for men. I, I assume I I didn't see any pictures where it was like for in ur urinals. I mean, that's men, you know, standing up to pee. Uh, so so I I didn't see any like you know women things, which which kind of makes sense because you can hide a little more than like women squat you know squatting down and. Uh, as far as the indecent exposure, which I don't, do they even have that in Paris? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I joke. I joke. I'm sure they have indecent exposure laws in Paris, uh, but it's causing a bit of a backlash because people are like, there's a dude peeing right there. Uh, and here's the thing is I get both sides on this. Cause like I said, it's just like this red box. It looks like you're walking up to like a mailbox where you put packages in and then there's a dude with his penis in there and he's peeing, you know, not like in there, but like up against it and he's peeing. Uh, so I see both sides of this because it's a little weird, you know, uh, and it is setting a certain precedent. I could see if I had a son and he saw that and like, oh, my God, we could do that. And he's just like in the street. You're like, oh, wait, no, no, you got to use a thing. It's probably not tall enough for your kids. So you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? However, uh, for somebody that likes to drink beer and has a very, very, very small bladder, I call it the Irish bladder. <laughs> I can kind of get behind this. I have had instances. No, the police don't come knocking on my door. It's been many years. I have urinated in alleys in Hollywood. Sometimes you cannot get to a restroom. And I think there's kind of both sides of this. And it makes sense because you'd rather have... Like, if people are going to do it, wouldn't you rather have them peeing in, like, a urinal instead of just, like, whipping out in the street and, like... Sh- it makes sense. But I could also see, like, that's eh, a little bit dirty. And, you know, maybe you are walking out of a restaurant and there's just a dude peeing there. And you're like, what's that smell? And you're like, ah, that guy's peeing. So, I don't know. I found that interesting. We'll see. I doubt those becoming a... To the U.S., but you never know. You never know. Uh, I would recommend putting one in the Oval Office, and then anyone that goes through the Oval Office that doesn't like the Orange Menace, I would just, just drink a bunch of water, make sure your, your bladder uh, your, your bladder is uh, uh, full, and just go in there and whip it out and, and make that Oval Office smell like urine. It probably already does smell like urine. God. Because you look at the Orange Menace, and you know that dude just smells, right? Like, he looks like he smells. Looks like he smells. I don't even feel bad about that. I don't like to call it ugly people, but that dude looks like he smells. We already know he's ugly. I mean, he's orange. How you orange? He's like orange as an Oopaloompa. Anyway. Oh, we got some more good news. That's true. New York could use those. Good call, Chris. I mean, Hollywood, too. Hollywood, too, uh, could use them. And it makes sense. And I feel like I've seen this in other locations. I don't know if it was other countries. Like, not in the U.S., but... I feel like there's another country that that kind of did this, and it was it like it, it does make sense. I mean, can, and here's the thing, Chris. You can appreciate this. Can you imagine if they put like these outdoor j- just had a bunch of urinals around uh, like Dodger Stadium? Oh my god! Oh, it'd be fantastic. But then again, you're dealing, you know, you're peeing next to like a kid. I you know I don't know if I don't want my two year old who's like just learning to talk like Daddy. What's that? oh <laughs> oh no, he's just peeing. And then you know I don't I don't have a son, so it's hard. It's hard for a daughter to just whip it out and start peeing, but still. Like, uh, and don't get me wrong, I have I have seen toddlers whip it out and, and start peeing. Uh, yeah, see, that's a good point. You keep the, the pee smell off the streets. That I think, And I think that's what Paris is going for. Anyway, we got some good news. A little Unite the Right rally that happened in Washington, D.C. this past weekend uh, was actually organized by a gentleman, gentleman, pff, by a douchebag, named Jason Kessler. Gentleman. I don't call anyone gentleman and I'm giving this guy, like, respect. No. This douchebag, Jason Kessler, uh, who had organized the Unite the Right rally, and I believe he's the same one that helped organize the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally. Uh, And, of course, this past weekend in D.C., they were completely drowned out by counter-protesters and Antifa and everything else. Uh, Well, we go to find out a couple days later as he was doing a live feed from his bedroom that this Jason Kessler, who is an adult, still lives at home with his parents. So, white supremacists, bigots, Nazis out there. You want to aspire to be like the leader of your alt-right or whatever they call it. No, Unite the Right. They realize, like, we all we all caught on alt-right was Nazis. We, now we're catching on Unite the Right as Nazis. You're going to have to find a new name here, douchebag Jason Kessler. But white supremacists, bigots, Nazis out there. You want to aspire to be like one of your leaders? You're going to be living at home as an adult. And in fact, as he was shooting this live feed the other day, I can't even say it without laughing, uh, his father walked in the room and he had to kick his father out of the room, apparently. And his father was uh, <laughs> trying to get him out, Was was going in to scold him for being loud or something. He's 34 years old. 34. Now, I'm not going to, Call out people for living at home. If you know, if you have financial troubles and everything else, maybe live at home. But you know what? Don't be a bigoted douchebag and live at home. <laughs> like that's the thing. I mean, at least the Orange Menace has has some money and he lives in a big white house, kind of by himself. So Jason Kessler, have fun uh, having your mother cook meatloaf for you on a regular basis. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but those are the kind of those are the kind of awesome people you're gonna get when you're hanging out with uh, Unite the Right. And Nazis, and bigots, and racists, and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, maybe he should go down to that town uh, where the school district had to close in Oklahoma. Go hang out with those people. Talk about mutilating mutilating kids. Like, that's, you know, yeah, that's probably right up your alley, dude. Uh, we got some beer news. Oh, yeah, we got some beer news. So there's a little brewery out of uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco, to be specific. Uh, called Seven Stills, and it has been promoting an upcoming milkshake stout. We already know we're going in the wrong direction here. Uh, that's called In and Out Stout, and of course they designed their can to look just like an In and Out cup. Now In and Out sent them a cease and desist letter, obviously. And they were very, very polite about it, had some dad jokes in there and everything else. Uh, So I don't think we're actually going to see this hit the marketplace, which is probably for the best because this was not only a milkshake stout, but a Neapolitan milkshake stout. I could see the synergy you're trying to pull here with In-N-Out. In-N-Out's very iconic in California, but good God, you can't make it look just like their cup and expect an ultra, ultra, ultra Christian company to just be like, yeah, go ahead, use our IP on your beer cans. Common sense. haha. Common sense says we don't steal other people's IP and then try to market it and put it right in front of them for them to just send you a cease and desist letter. That being said, now they're probably going to get a wider distribution because people are going to be like, seven stills. Do you have any of that seven stills? Can You know I'm getting tired. Now I'm just going. Because that's high quality podcast content. Me just ram- literally rambling. Not even the normal rambling with real words. Just make it up word. I think it's just from being around a toddler a lot. I do try to speak in full words to my toddler because she's learning how to talk. It's a little bit of a joke. Uh, We had some news uh, from the Associated Press, actually, and we're going to have more on this. Uh, We're having some controversy in California. The legislature here is actually looking to change laws when it comes to recreational marijuana because what's happening is they're seeing not really a decrease in the black market. I finger-quoting that, Uh, but in some places an increase in the black market when it comes to recreational marijuana, meaning people are going back to buying it from a guy down the street that you know, and you call and say, hey, can you come by and drop off a little bit for me? People are going back to that. And California doesn't know how to curb that, so they're working on ways to curb that. Here's the thing. I am all for recreational marijuana, medical marijuana, nationwide, and I'm all for taxing it to an extent. However, if you're in California and you are a marijuana user and you have gone to a collective since the first of the year or since the taxes came into effect, you have seen we're talking serious, serious taxes. We're not talking like the CRV and the alcohol tax they put on beer. We're not even talking about the tobacco tax that they put on cigarettes. No, no, no. It's immensely bigger than either one of those. So am I saying you should go buy from the dude down the street? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I understand why people are doing that because they've gotten, California's gotten a little greedy. I'm all for taxing and everything else, all for it, especially if it's going back into public works and public utilities and everything else and helping other people, whatever it might be, I'm all for it. But you do need to go back and look at it and see how ridiculous some of those taxes are because you're, ta- I mean, you're, you're, talking like not quite double, but almost double what you were paying with the taxes. Now I know it's for a fact. This isn't last week it's a lot. It's not cheap. It's a lot, and I possess a medical marijuana license myself, so I actually pay slightly cheaper taxes than somebody that's just getting recreational marijuana. So someone just getting rec- for recreation, they're definitely going to the do dude down the street. They're calling up the the guy that they knew like six, seven years ago before we had these nice collectives and medical marijuana was a thing. And you can go in and you're. I'm not saying we shouldn't have any taxes, but there was a time you went in and you didn't have any taxes on it. So it makes sense. So yeah, think about those things, California. I love you, California, but sometimes common sense. Common sense. Oh, and I just have one more piece of news here. Apparently GQ, that I guess there are magazines still. Do we still have magazines that are actually paper? GQ put out a thing, and they have finally settled the argument as far as how long your shorts should be as a male. I assume as a male. I didn't go through this whole thing. And they have this whole equation based on your height and your leg size and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I read about two sentences of it, and I was like, this is stupid. And the reason I brought it up in here is because I say, shut it and wear whatever the hell you want. You want to wear shorts that go almost all the way down to your ankle? That's fine. We call them high waters, but that's fine. You want to wear shorts that are like cutting into your, 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 uh, your thighs, whatever it is? By all means, do it. Do it. Your style choice is your choice. You don't need a magazine telling you how long your shorts should be. I don't want, if you want to be into style trends, that's totally fine. But you know what? Wear shorts how whatever length you want to. Do your thing. Who cares? Who cares? It's you. Whatever you're comfortable in. Who cares? Do it. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we are definitely done with episode 67. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining on the live feed. Thank you, all of you out there, for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod, <laughs> the Jorts, yes, uh, and at Magic Muppet, both those on Twitter. You can also like our page on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/Go Tell the Wall. Make sure you head on over to YouTube as well. Search Go Tell it's the Wall. Subscribe to our channel watch some videos, enjoy the things, comment, have some fun with it. Uh, And of course, like I always say, seanororklive.com will take you to all of those things I just mentioned as well as give you access to, I don't want to say exclusive because anyone can go to the website, but there's images and stuff up there that are not posted anywhere else as well as blog posts that are coming soon. Uh, And of course, that will link you to Patreon and Indiegogo if you would like to support the show financially. Dollar, two dollars, five hundred dollars, whatever it might be, and that reminds me, uh, I'm actually working on this, Chris. If you're still on there, this is our official Wall Supporters board that I'm showing to everyone on here. That's the official Wall Supporters board. I'm just sorting through all of this. Those are people that. Made a big enough contribution on the Indiegogo campaign and they're gonna have their names featured in the studio I just haven't been able to hang it yet. As I said, everything's been a little crazy I'm just trying to get through everything anything and everything uh, So look forward to that new stuff coming up And uh, like I said if you want to support financially you can be in the studio You can be on this board. You can give a dollar and get a sticker got a bunch of stickers I actually just ordered some more stickers. We got tons of them to give away uh, so, so please please help us out support us uh, and of course make sure you subscribe like share tell your friends Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck they call it now. Do all of those things. And as I said, this has been episode 67. will look at the board make sure I'm saying the right. Episode 67 of Go Tell It's the Wall podcast. I am, of course, your favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And we will be back next week, same wall place, Same wall time. And remember, wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, social media world, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you go, no matter why you are doing it, always, always, always use common sense.